All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Truth 101. So grateful that everybody um, is tapping in today. I'm super thankful. I have a special guest. I have CEO Tommy McBrayer. He is the owner and founder of Don't Shoot Guns, Shoot Hoops. I'm super excited. He's a um, God-fearing man. He's actually a big force in the community. We were just talking. He's um, kind of like he's he's out, but he's been in the back for a while. So today we're going to bring him out so everybody can get to know exactly who he is and what he does. And again, Tommy, I'm so grateful to have you. It's just always nice to have a conversation with somebody who's who's doing things bigger than themselves. You know what I mean? Who has a purpose bigger than what I'm about. You know, you're about other people and about helping other people. And I'm just super grateful that you took your time today to have this conversation with me. So God bless you and welcome. Um, yeah. So why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Yes. Um, I'm a community organizer in such a facility. Um, and at the same time, I am now the, the CEO and president of Don't Shoot Guns, Shoot Hoops. Uh, I started that nonprofit at the end of 2021. So, yeah, so I sit here with multiple hats on and um, yeah, looking forward to this interview for sure. Amen. Amen. Yes, I'm excited. It's a lot. So, um, why don't you tell us a little bit about where you came from? So, were you originally from Minnesota or you moved here? Yeah, yeah, I was born and raised in Minnesota. Um, uh, I grew up in Central Neighborhood, Saint Park, uh, Saint Germain. I'm a organizing for now, so that was like a unique piece of the story, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, growing up being a kid and living in this neighborhood um, that was like, you know, basically more gang affiliated, and just being like. Staying in your neighborhood, you know, you hear that story about people always making money, going places elsewhere, you know, yeah. become uh, superstars, and then, then they go to where else. You know, I've been staying around from South Minneapolis and uh, really been focusing on that. So, um, so yeah, I grew up in Central Neighborhood. Um, about I think three or four years ago, I became uh, the community organizer. So I became a community organizer for Central Neighborhood. So that was like a big step in my life. Was just, um, just really didn't know where my life was going and then once once I became a community organizer it more had like a more I mean I, I was living with a purpose but more had like a I had to worry about where I was working yeah. yeah that's nice that's nice so that's how you were kind of like all over the place but once you got that position it kind of solidifies you like okay this is meaningful it's in my community I can work with this nice yeah yeah so what is it to be a community organizer? What does that look like? What do you do? Man, you know, it's crazy because <laughs> when I became a community organizer, I didn't know what a community organizer was. You know, I really didn't. But I was already doing the work before I became a community organizer. So what I would say what it looked like is just like, like I said, just doing my stuff in your community and like a community organizer. Organizer just really about like putting pieces to the puzzle together, you know, mm -hmm. um, just like anything else, when you gotta organize stuff, you gotta organize your life, you know, yeah. right? You just have to organize a community now. But so I do like different events. I host different different events in the neighborhood from job fairs to uh, turkey giveaways to nice. um, uh, backpack giveaways to just like we did 
uh, an event that was in the, uh, on the block of 37th and 38th. It was like a little skating party. Mm-hmm. We do, it's a lot. We, I mean, that's why it's a large scale of what is, what is keeping it organized, you know, when it's a broad spectrum. Um, we do that. We do community conversations. Um, we learn about trauma. I bring yeah. trainings. I bring trainings to, to my neighborhood on trauma, uh, helping people deal with trauma. I mean, it's, yeah, so like I said, the sky's the limit. Yes. It's just stuff in the neighborhood, you know. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That is really amazing. And so you are hands-on for what goes on in your own neighborhood. So you're not one of those people sitting back no more just saying, hey, we should do this. And you're actually implementing those things and making sure those things are happening. That's really um, dope. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, man. You got to do it. You know, that's the best part of positivity. Hey, you know, and, like, using your platform in the right way. Yes. Like, using your platform in the right way. You know, I'm a, I, was, I always grew up as, like, a popular guy, you know, playing basketball in high school, half day. And I just know, like, if I, I could put my energy anywhere, if I put my energy to gangbang, I'd be the biggest gangbang. If I put yes. the drug dealer, I'd be the biggest drug dealer. But I chose to use my platform. Amen. Yeah, it drives your passion. It's like you learn from that stuff and you don't want other people to experience that. You want to create a better environment for children, you know, or, or people that's coming up behind you. You don't want them to have to go through like trial and error learning that way because it was hard for us. So like, um, about that, I was on your Facebook. I, I kind of like stalk Facebooks a little bit <laughs> so I can get to know the people that I'm interviewing a little better. And I seen that you had said something about you had been shot. You have been a victim of gun violence. And so um, how has being a victim of gun violence impacted your life? I feel like I was a living before I had kids. Yeah. I feel like I really was living after I got shot. Yeah. Um, after, that's deep. After I got shot. Yeah. So I got shot in the uh, year of 2020. I mean, 2010. About like, like 12 years ago now. Um, you know, I got shot and then I got recently shot uh, three years ago as well. And, um, wow. <laughs> yeah, it changed my life because. Like, like you said, not living without a purpose, just, you know, just living, just to, just, you know, just to, just to do stuff, you know. Um, I started living with a purpose and wanted to give back to my neck. That's when I first started wanting to give back. Like, mm-hmm. like I went through I went through and almost lose my life. I just said, like, you know, I, I didn't want to focus. I, I started focusing more on just money. You know, life was just more than money. Yeah. You know, I realized that's my first I opened it so like, man, you wasn't worried about no money. You wasn't worried about nothing. That when your life was on the line, I wasn't worried about a dime. Okay. You know, you just worried about your life. So once I got to that state of mind, I was like, you know what? That's what I like about just giving. You know, give people their roses, give people their um, um, their flowers, you know, while they lie and stuff. So I created this event called um, Tommy's uh, uh, Tommy Pre Thanksgiving Dinner. Okay. I just wanted my family together. Um, just underneath one roof because everybody scattered around. Mm-hmm. And it was after, actually, after the Trayvon Martin death, um, I was like, well, what are we going to do if, you know, if, if that hit our house? You know, like, right. what are we going to do? Like, we're not together. Who are we going to go to? Who can rely on? It's, it's crazy, bro. We got to at least be able to create some type of avenue where the family gets together at least once a year yes. or something like that, right? So I did this in 2011. 
this year actually would be my tenth year doing it. Um, mm. uh, one yeah, yeah, one year, yeah, one year we had to do it because of uh, COVID. But we're doing this again for ten years. I've been about over sixty-five awards. It's been growing. Um, like, yeah, stuff that people don't even really talk about, man. But we've been right, because I haven't years. heard of that. What's the name of that again? I'm write that down. Yeah, Tommy. Gotcha. I like so that concept. Yeah, so it's thing too because one God once God gives you something and he sees what you do with it then he'll he'll give you a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more and that's amazing because we all have a platform you I look at people who are on Facebook and they got millions of followers it's like you got all these people following you let's be a good influence though let's be a positive influence let's change the world you know so I, I just think that by your consistency and God knows your heart you know your heart being in the right place that's just absolutely, and he's going to continue. Like now you say you have, don't shoot guns, shoot hoops. You know, like it's it's growing. It's just growing. So that's that's super, that's just super phenomenal. That's great. Yeah. So what would you say to someone who is caught up in the streets right now that's contemplating changing their life? Like, you know, how people get on the brink. You, you're from the streets. You know, you've been around the streets. Um, and it's hard. It's a hard decision because of that mind that people are stuck in. So you now being where you're at, being able to see things on the outside, looking back in on your people in the community, what would you tell that person who wants to change but feels stuck like they can't? Man, I'm like, man, hold on. You know, change first, that's yourself, though, man. So you gotta be able to reach out to people, you know what I'm saying? You can't be like, so you can't have an ego so big that you can't reach out to people for help, you yes. know what I'm saying? Um, you know, we all know right and wrong, you know, as you get older, you know right and wrong. Surround yourself around positive people, you know, like everybody don't want the best people in life, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So the, more, the, the sooner you can learn that, the better, you know? Yeah. Um, it's just, like, just, man, there's like, man, there's there's so many different worlds that we live in, man. You got Come the on. social media world, the yes. world, you know? that right i just hope that people can look at the girl you know be real with themselves you know what i'm saying so if they're like dealing with some type of drug addiction it's like look at the path to drug addiction like there's something you're going through physically and emotionally you know that you need to you know that you gotta you got to heal from you yes. know um um but i want to say man i, I would say nothing comes overnight you know nothing comes overnight you know there's a, every like, the process of coming to a peaceful mind state and uh just being healthy man is a process you know yes. it's like the process of 
and, and having all these bad routines and habits and stuff. I would just say just reach out, reach out, um, and, and start just doing positive stuff by yourself and really focus on yourself. Uh, I really focus on self-care. Uh, I, I learned a lot of the difference between self-care and self-love. Yeah. I realized a lot of us lack of self-love. You know, yes. like really by love to yourself. Because like I said, a lot of us struggle from not having parents like to foreigners. You know, a lot of us, a lot of my friends, as you as you realize on the funeral and stuff that you look around the room, it's like, okay, you don't got no mom, ain't got no dad, ain't got no mom, ain't got no dad, ain't got no dad. Mm-hmm. Or you know, we all in the same cycle because that's why we feel like we was tight and we brothers because we were yeah, had each other. Yeah, yeah you know, so um, you got to be able to pour into each other. Absolutely. And it's powerful to hear a man say that because men are the ones that so emotionally detached, especially when they suffer from trauma or not feeling love. So they find it in the streets or they think it's love because we know the streets don't love nobody. But that's how that's how they feel, because these my bros. They got my back. They love me. This a feeling I don't get when I'm at the crib. But let's normalize as men, you know, like you say, reaching out for help, putting that pride to the side. You know, you can't you can't become who God needs you to be if you're not willing to use the resources that he put there for you, you know? So um it's like even in our bad times, like you getting shot. That was God stepping in and saying, Hey, let me give you a awakening. You know, I hate to have to do it to you this way, but let's open your eyes and help you to see something different, you know? Cause it feels like when we're not living life on purpose. We're pretty much just living for nothing. We're just living day by day. Like, whatever happens, happens. Like, it don't even matter. Yes. serious you know I think there's a a period of life where we're learning you know from a child adolescent young adulthood I think that's given to us but once we start to know better it's our responsibility to do better and I believe that um because I believe in the word of God I believe that if God just wanted to save me he would have took me and I'd be in paradise right now but instead he left me here 
So he left us here for a reason, you know, and that's what I try to encourage people. We're so selfish when we're in our own ways. We don't understand that, but we're here to help one another, to feed one another, to pour into one another, you know, because we all, at the end of the day, we all have to answer to him that they gonna come, you know what I mean? So it's like, while we're here, let's make it count. And so that's what inspired me to do this podcast. I'm the total opposite. Like I'm an outgoing person if you meet me in person, but getting on a Facebook Live, I will not. <laughs> Anybody who's been my Facebook friend for a long time, I've had the same Facebook well, since Facebook came out and I have maybe three live videos. I just don't do it. But when the spirit spoke to me, I wanted to do something bigger than myself because I want to help people. I went through um, alcoholism. I went through um, domestic abuse. I went through being in the streets, um, dealing drugs, hanging with people, selling drugs. And I learned so much. And I just know like through all of that, I didn't go through that just to go through that. I went through that so I could go back and help other people that's going through that. You know what I mean? So it's just... It's encouraging and it makes me happy. And usually you don't want to be like that because people like, look at you, you you believe in this and they they make fun of it. But see, I'm not ashamed no more because I know where my help comes from. It comes from God. I'm not going to be ashamed of it. I'm, I'm going to help. That's right. That's one thing I believe in. Like, I don't really go to church that much because I feel like I am the church at the same time. Um, your body is the temple. So I feel like I, I can talk to the man upstairs every day. I can read my Bible. I can, you know, talk to him about deep down and depression things and open up. And not not express it to the world at all, you know. And and it's like I said, it's only it, the only thing that matters is the relationship with me and the man upstairs, nothing else, you know. Absolutely, and I, and I think people need to normalize that, you know. Long as you know that you have a relationship with him, because that's that's what matters. You know what I mean? And in due time, he'll start moving things and doing things. And if he wants you to come out and profess it to the world, he's gonna move you to do so. But the first thing, like you said, is to start with that relationship. Because it's very important. So I think that's something powerful, too, to share with people because people are ashamed, you know, or they don't want to believe it, you know, and maybe they don't have a reason to believe. But, hey, if you woke, you got a reason to believe. You woke up. Uh, <laughs> you know? One thing I want to share with you, I talked to my coach, and she said,
your life, like that PTSD. Yeah. You lose a lot, you know. So I was praying every day that you know that my my mind is gonna wander. You know, like I just keep I can instead just be normal on 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 a aspect, just wait normal, just you know all that. It was it was so like I said, being able to reach out to my family members, they just pray for me, they just be praying and things like that. Um. You know, it, it's just like, like I said, you're putting your pride to the side, you know, yes. and just, um, and, and then, like, at the same time, so we all, like, I play basketball, um, and, and, um, the benefits of playing sports is more than just the sport. That's why, I, another thing, another reason why I don't shoot guns, shoot hoops, um, because I learned a lot around the game of basketball. It had mm-hmm. nothing to do with, you know, the game of basketball taught me so much about life, um, from either the coaches that I had coaching, you know, from, grade school all the way up to college, you know, like just that role model male figure, you know what I'm saying, that tell me to discipline me in so many different ways, you know what I'm saying, over the years and years and years, don't do this, don't do that, there's consequences for not doing right. this, touching stuff like that, right? Um, so uh, so the, the game of basketball taught me so much that I wanted to do my, do my organization around it by just creating this atmosphere where kids can feel comfortable coming playing basketball, learning more about gun awareness, gun violence, and stuff like that. Um, hold on, not bad. Let me, let me, let me back up. Okay. So when I was in my recovery stage, I was really talking to myself. Like, I just remember every coach that I had uh, was telling me, all right, time to come on, get up, get your ass up. All right, come on, you know, sorry about that. But get your butt up. Uh, let's, let's, do these, let's, do these, let's do these lines. You know, let's, let's get up. Like, only person that's going to hurt is you, Tommy. So... Me just being hurt, laying in bed all day is only gonna hurt me. Yeah. So like you can get up. So I'm talking. I was with like with nobody around me, like nobody around me, no friends, and all that to really push me to get up and run, push me to work out, stuff like that. Like I said, it was just a man upstairs, like using. I feel like this journey, he was using my platform to make somebody else strong. Yeah. I helped. You know what I'm saying like, um, I was listening to um. I would never forget the song. I forgot the lady name, but it's called Miracle. You know what I'm saying? It was like, like a miracle. Mira, Mira. Um, they don't get the time. Go ahead. Sing it one time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's called a miracle. Like, you are a miracle. You know? Yes, and yes. Saying it's like, uh, to be a miracle, you got to go through something that looks impossible. Yes, know? yes. So when, I, when, I went, when I went through, you know what I'm saying, it looked like it was impossible. Like I said, I woke up and it was clapping like me, yeah, like a point five chance of living, you know, like live, wow. you know, like they're all clapping and stuff. And I was just like, I was just felt that like your miracle, um, God was basically using your temple to give somebody else hope and give strength and stuff like that. And it's been like and it's crazy because that's how my life been working. Everybody just like look at his motivation like hey man like man they made Mexico like he from you know he from the same neighborhood I'm from you exactly know? exactly yeah, so I just feel like, yeah, man, I've always been, um, man, people are using me in a lot of different ways, man. Um, I, I talk to men up there, like, hey, hey, if you get me through what I go through, hey, I, I will never sell drugs again. I will hey, never do this. You know, <laughs> like, man, I'm, I'm walking my journey, walking to my faith, you know, um, uh, what to say, not by, uh, not by sight, but by faith. Yeah, but we walk by faith and not by sight. Yep. Yeah. So, not, not being able to see everything. I'm going to guide him in the right direction. I'm just letting him just come back to guide me, you know, and just... Yeah, that's how he works, though. Once he see that you're listening, he gonna he give you more. You know, he want to just know he got your attention. Oh, you got I got his attention. He listening. Let's go. And that's exactly what he does. He uses us 
um, to model things for others, to give other people hope. So now they look at you and they see you doing it. They like, okay, what, what, what is your, what's your secret? And you like my, my relationship with God, you know, my basketball, like, yes, he, he's intentional about every single thing, you know, he saved you for a reason, you know, and, and you're using it well. And so he's going to continue to do things. We like to call it at my church from glory to glory to glory to glory. <laughs> It's like miraculous. I was telling somebody that yesterday. Like, it's miraculous. No other explanation. It's just, you know, it's supernatural. It's amazing. business you like I got business down there. Yes. 
Now, see, make sure you you preach it to yourself. Make sure you get you some self care then. <laughs> yeah. I, like, I told you, you could never, you could never work on yourself enough. You could never work on yourself enough. I don't care what it is. Even, even being married in a relationship, you still have to work on you. You still have to be your best you. You still try to perform and be your best you. Yes. Um, I was reading somebody, somebody said, um, I got to trust myself. Like, they're about to get in a relationship. They're like, I got to learn how to trust myself. Like, what you mean trust yourself? They're like, trust myself that I can give my all to my your husband. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and then, like, this video of not being in a relationship, and you, could, you got trying to work on yourself. Yeah. I mean, like, why wait for your relationship? All right, when I'm in a relationship, let me start doing this. Let me start digging out the suitcase, what I need to work on. Yeah, <laughs> Let me like, start checking stuff out. I'm going to tell you something again, like, smoke the cigarettes. They're like, okay, I'm trying to smoke the cigarettes if you don't like No. Right. No. Right. No. It's for me. Yeah. That's all you know. Like it ain't for me. It's for you. Like so, if you like doing it, yeah. You want to do it? Don't do it for me because you know. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. I had to do a a, a long um journey of self reflection, self repair before I got to that place. So I'm really more so in a place where I'm incorporating everything all together. That's that's my issue. Um, so yeah, I'm working on it. I'm, I'm gonna be very intentional this year. I'm gonna do some. I'm gonna go the extra mile so that I can be the best wife that I could be. You know, because it's it's difficult being a busy person and being a person that's pouring out to everybody else. You do have to make sure that you're balancing things so that you're not neglecting home. You know, so it is it is challenging. It's very challenging. Um. But we are being intentional about doing things to do.